Thanks for tuning in to the Boundless Authenticity Podcast, hosted by Jahan Sator, where we discuss everything related to the evolution of human consciousness. Let's tap into the discussion now. Hey, it's your host, Jahan Sator here, and my guest tonight is Stephen D. Kelly, an ex-CIA slash NSA contractor, whistleblower, inventor, activist for truth, healer, psychic, and author of the books Lasers, Cavers, and Magic, as well as Cities Under the Plain, the true story of one man's journey through science, magic, and the CIA to understand the world in the 21st century. You can listen to Stephen D. Kelly on truthcatradio.com. I'll let Mr. Stephen D. Kelly introduce himself now. Stephen, thank you for being on the show. Please tell us about your journey. Ah, I should put it on. I should just throw it back at you. And go, oh, you got to work. You got to ask me questions. Because oh, I'll just, I'm trying not to go on a diatribe. You know what I mean? Oh, I did this and I did that. And, you know, I don't, well, let me ask you this. What have you heard? Okay. I mean, what have you heard about me? Just curious. Well, that's great. Um, because I wanted to say that. I watched your alchemy event video first. Uh-huh. The Occupy the Getty page on Instagram contacted me and the person's like, I know that you're a truth teller. And I'm like, oh shit, they can see my uh-huh. energy field. <laughs> How do you know that? Um, and so he's like, yeah, I, I am an associate of Mr. Kelly's and you should watch this video. And uh-huh. I was like, just, you know, doing regular everyday shit, hanging out in my laundry. And he pops and he's up. like, oh, damn, huh? And uh, he's like, okay, he obviously can see something here. So uh-huh. let me go watch this video. And then it took a couple of months before I decided to actually contact you because I off and on watched a couple of your videos on YouTube and took took time to digest everything. And I was like, well, oh, yeah. he ain't That's lying. Good. That's so good. That's cool. Okay, so you saw the original thing. You saw the where I talk about the Getty. That was like nine years ago this November, which is crazy. I mean, it's over November. When I did that, it was uh, the big 2012 thing, if you remember right. that. Everybody's all about the Mayan calendar and, and the world's going to end. And It was kind of like Y2K sort of a thing, but uh, that's a corn vendor going by. I don't know if you can hear that. Um, but the... Uh, so, so that's where I kind of came onto the scene and blew everybody away with this whole stuff. Mm. And, and um, you know, just to, I'll just say this, that a lot of the names and people who are like big in the industry, so-called truth industry speakers and all that, they're all gone. There's really none of them left. Uh, all the people that were big names and stuff when I was speaking, they're history. They're like, you know, right. either just gone away or senile or become irrelevant or whatever. So it's bizarre. I'm the only one left. But at the same time, I'll just say that But nine years ago when I started doing this, I didn't have any clue that these people were all corrupt and that they were all being paid off. I mean, that whole truth industry, almost all of it, um, I'm yet to really find. I mean, you know, except for small people like yourself that, that haven't, you know, aren't getting paid off. But there was actually money coming down from the Bilderbergers. And it was going to be distributed. It was distributed by Michael Aquino, who, of course, is this big Satanist military dude. And he gave it to people like Kerry Cassidy and uh, the guy that ran Revolution Radio and a whole bunch of other so-called truther, big-name truther types. And they would distribute it down from there. And that's how they controlled everything. And it wasn't... 
it was when I came up with this whole Occupy the Getty business is when I got kicked off of radio and everything else. And, and when Trump became uh, president, they kicked me off of TV. I was on press TV and Russia Today. I was on Russia Today, Today at least once a week, and that's 700 million viewers. And then, uh, and then press TV, of course, you know, press TV, that's Iran. I was on there almost every day. Sometimes they try to get me on twice a day and they go, oh, wait a minute, you were already on today. Crap, we can't use you twice, you know, something like that. So, and that all stopped the day Trump became, was inaugurated. Interesting. Yeah. Makes you, makes you go, huh, you, what just happened, you know? You just kind of uh, jarred my memory because I remember a couple of years before Trump got elected, I was listening to something that was related to revolution radio on YouTube. Uh And basically what they were saying is everything that Trump turned around and did, especially with like the FEMA camps and things like that. And I wonder if that was one of the things that they paid to have turn, be turned into this predictive programming or what was the case that was going on there? Uh, I'll tell you something. I was, I just went to Vegas and did this gig here, uh, you know, a few weeks ago and driving down to Vegas, I saw a huge FEMA camp out there, you know, and I've seen it before, but now it's like a massive facility you know, with like towers and buildings up on the hills and stuff. It's like, you look at it, you go, damn, what kind of prison is that? It's damn wow. FEMA camp is what it is. But, but yeah, it's right there on the border. I'm not sure. I can't remember if it's on the border of the California side or the Nevada side, but uh, it might be on the Nevada side. That's probably why I never find it when I'm looking for it. I, I'm always looking for the damn thing on, you know, Google Earth, but I never, I can never yeah. find it. Go figure. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's there. It's scary. Yeah. I'm not worried about it. You know, seriously. If you're not fighting, if you've got fear, then you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be involved in this fight, right? Exactly. It it's a it's a, a potentially scary world out there, and and I think that one of the biggest issues as a truth teller that you will have is people's cognitive dissonance, but also that thing that like Da Vinci said that there's people who see people who don't see and people who don't want to see. (laughs) And (laughs) it's the who don't want to see that. There's gotta be another, there's gotta be a whole nother factor there. You know, the people that care about what they see, or even the people that care about what they see and are willing to do something about it. Fair enough. Right? Yeah. You know, because those are all legitimate categories. But uh, that's a reoccurring issue for me right now, especially with people out there that pretend to be doing something, but they're doing it from this position of fear, mm-hmm. you know, or victimhood. And I don't believe we can do that. I think that we have to be. And I'm not trying to sound like a revolutionary. I mean, I am revolutionary. I want to see it all taken down. But uh, we can't be polite so much anymore. You know, you got to recognize this is a battle. And you have to recognize that the enemy 
doesn't play by the rules of civilized people. Right. And I'm not saying we go out and act like savages, but at the same time, we can't be beholden to politically correct uh, whatever, because the enemy is going to use all our little weaknesses against us. You know, like, oh, don't say anything bad about this group or don't say anything bad about this gender or, you know, this kind of a thing. They're going to use that against us and make it harder. You know what I mean? Throw, they'll throw everything but what's important at us. And I just find, like, for instance, uh, I'm dealing with this Allie Carter girl right now, as you've seen in the group, of course. And it's not really, it's a really small deal. I'm really kind of surprised that uh, this would even be going on. But at the same time, it's kind of bizarre to to observe so many people that are, are going to look at this person, this victim, and say, oh, my gosh, this poor girl, yada, yada, and completely forget everything that's important because they're getting sucked into this whole victim drama thing instead of, you know, looking at the big picture. That's no, really annoying. I actually have no clue about the Ali Carter thing. I, the first time I heard yeah. of it when, was when I saw you had a video on it. Yeah, no doubt. I'm sure there's not too many people out there. I mean, uh, and I suppose it's just as well that I have to nip these things in the bud. But the whole Getty thing in general. Now, if you had not gotten that video from that person, I think I know who it is, probably Kathleen that sent it to you. But if you had not gotten that video, you'd probably never have heard about this Getty business, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like it's only like the biggest thing in the world. You know what I mean? Seriously, okay, well, what I tell people all the time, and I could scream this forever, and hopefully people will get it, but whatever it is that you think is a problem in the world, COVID, sex trafficking, pollution, chemtrails, vaccines, uh, whatever, you know, slavery, corporate domination, all these things that that we argue about and we, we protest, all these things could be fixed with this one thing, and that is Occupy the Getty. And now I'll just share with this for you because you you don't you may not know this, or I'm just going to reiterate this because if you read my book, you'd probably know this, or if you I might have mentioned this in that video you saw. But I actually sat down with somebody who represented the Templars, the Nazis, and who was the trust fund manager for the Getty, and sat down in a restaurant with this person over drinks and dinner and basically was there when that person realized that I was the one that they had been looking for forever that, that, that was going to destroy them. And because they have crystal ball technology, you know, they have uh, project looking glass and they have uh, uh, time travel and all this sort of thing. Mm. So they have a pretty good idea of what's what to expect. And here's the thing is that, uh, and unlike something you might see in the movies, I was watching this movie Looper the other night, and it's so lame, you know, what they're pr proposing. But the thing about time travel is it just doesn't work like they want you to think. Uh, and, and the main thing about it is that you can't go into the past or into the future, whatever, uh, even less in the future. You can't do that at all. But if you go into the past... You can't do anything that will change the future, you know, and if you do do anything, it's going to completely alter the future. But the, the thing is, is that 
the universe is like a, a controlled, somewhat controlled. It's like everything that's going to happen has already been going to happen. We don't really know if it's really going forwards or backwards. It's like the Akashic Records, like a big tape recorder. But the thing is, it's a, it's kind of it's like it's kind of like an algorithm. It's all everything's based on cause and effect. And and the bottom line is, even if the bad guys know by using technology how they go down or how someone who is going to take them down, there's nothing they can do about it. They, all they can do is watch, and they, they try to manage it, uh, but there's very little they can do. And so that's why it's very easy once you, you know, myself, uh, not only did they tell me that I was the one that was going to take them out, but they also told me that there was nothing they could do and that uh, they couldn't kill me. You know, they flat out said, you are in the can't-be-killed club. And I'm sure there's a bunch of people on Earth that are like that. But I think the reason for that is that when someone does something or is destined to do something that's going to change reality or affect the lives of everybody else, you can't change that. It's like totally written in stone. Right. You know, so it, that's what destiny is. So people that are either at one time in their lives are, you know, doing something that affects everybody, those people can't be touched. Now, I personally, I know I already did something to affect everybody when I did the laser stuff, you know, right. because uh, my little lasers, well, it's like everybody's using them now. It's like the thing in battle, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. it's like, right? See them in the movies. You see it, see it all over the place. Guys running around and they got lasers on their guns. That was me, you know. So <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, that was changing the world, kind of. <laughs> you know, definitely um, cat toys, laser cat toys. <laughs> I that was me. <laughs> <laughs> laser cat toy. Hell yeah! <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Well, you know, it's good. It's good work. It's a, it's a shame that it's being used for all this weird stuff that doesn't really do anything but generate money. And well, that's why I had to get out of it. That's why I bailed because I was gonna. I knew a long time ago when I was like twenty something, or maybe not. Maybe it's a little older. I can't remember. I was probably I had a wife and kids. I mean, I was like forty. But that's when I found out kind of like what my. I mean, I found out my destiny when I was 20-something back in the 70s because I got mixed up in some guys who were doing fortune-telling and stuff. They go, oh, you're going to make a half a billion dollars doing blah, blah, blah. I'm like, really? You know, and then so many years later, it's actually happening. And uh, basically what happened was I had a, a, a deal. The military was going to do some testing on one of my systems. And it was the system that I knew was going to be like on every single gun out there, basically, at least as far as the good guys are concerned. And it would have been just ridiculous amounts of money. But I didn't want to do it because it would have been like just a ton of dead people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right? And that's like sometimes you're making weapons and stuff. And you think, well, this is going to protect somebody. You know, it's going to whatever someone's going to hunt with it whatever you think it's okay but then if like you're doing something and it's going to say oh the israelis you know that what they're going to do with it 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like you still give it to them. You're guilty, you know. Right. So, so yeah, when you get involved in stuff like that, I'll just tell you this. Um, when you make things that control people's lives, you either saves lives or takes lives. It gives you energy, just like, you know, chi. It's kind of like that. That's another kind of energy. And uh, I call it gravity, okay? We all have a certain amount of gravity. And when you've been involved in a lot of lives like that, then you carry this ton of gravity. And I remember during Desert Storm and stuff when they were killing all those people in Iraq that I had been involved in tons of those weapon systems, just tons of them. It was like, for me, it was like a disturbance in the force. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Kind of a thing. You knew it was going on. You're just like, oh my, oh my God, what the hell is going on? It's because all these people are dying. Um, you know, you don't have to be there. You're kind of connected to it. But anyway, so that's why one of the reasons why I do what I do now. I mean, obviously, I have to do what I do now because otherwise everyone's going to die. Right, right. You know, we're just trying to save. We're not just trying to save babies. We're trying to save everybody. Even the ones that don't deserve it. I, I was just about to follow up with that. You know, everybody just can have a chance. I think... Oh. When I say I think, this is something that's open-ended for me. I don't know what could happen to change it, but I try to, I try to to operate under the assumption that perhaps if a situation can change, then people will change fun, at a fundamental level, including the ones that are bad and things like that. Like there's always a chance to open up somebody's mind in a way that they go, "Oh shit, I was doing that the whole time." Yeah, but then then do they feel guilty or do they they have remorse or or, or right. feel stupid or their ego takes over and you know I didn't do that you know yeah well I heard that forgiveness <laughs> is a big issue you know right yeah I heard the statistic that eighty uh, percent of the world is the herd and 10% is narcissists and evil people and the other 10% are the do-gooders. I don't know how true that is. <laughs> oh my God. Dude, I don't know. That makes the do-gooders look really bad. I can't. <laughs> um, uh, it's hard. That's, that's a, that's a tough statistic to, to, uh, gosh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean the herd, I think the herd is actually a lot worse than that. Um, okay. Well, let me just put it this way. Everybody's got a perspective that's most people on earth, obviously, have got a perspective that's based on what's going on on the surface. You know, your government, your uh, whatever, your, your local politicians, your police, etc. And that that's your reality. But when you realize that there's this whole other world underground and that they've got way more money and way more technology and they've got slaves and they live like crazy pagan Romans down there, uh, then you have to realize that the people on the surface are like the peasants, you know, the undeveloped ones. And, and so when you look at people like Bill Gates or Soros or, or any Donald Trump, take your pick, you realize that they may, they're still just big ants, you know, there's, they're, they're right. still, yeah, 
we're all still just ants. They're just really big ants. You know, it's stupid. That makes sense. We gotta so, be that that's why the Getty's so important. We gotta focus on that. That's our weak spot. Yeah, I was just about to bring the focus back to that, and I'm pretty sure you might be reading my mind at this point. Um <laughs> I, I do want whoever listens to this to know exactly what the Getty is, who runs it, and why it's so important that even if you don't get on your soapbox and yell it, which I don't advise because you want to get the message actually received, how do you go about educating your friends and whoever is actually receptive to it on an individual level and get them to think critically about this? Yeah, that's pretty tough. Um, <laughs> well, we can try, though. <laughs> well, yeah, because there's a, there's a lot of realities that we have to take for granted. And one of the best ways to start, I suppose, I mean, like, if you're really going to wake up and you really want to first realize that the reality that you think is real, real is not real, is you read about Tesla. Now, there's only a few decent books about Tesla, but if you read like the more modern biography, I think it's called Man Out of Time or, or something of this nature, uh, then you will see like 100 years into the future and you'll see the world that we should have had if not for people like J.P. Morgan and uh, ultimately Rothschilds and, and Edison and people like that. And that's what's it. So, so the first kink in your armor, the brain, is that you're going to realize that it's what you were taught in school is false, you know. And, and the true heroes, the ones that you were taught were heroes, were merely criminals that took advantage of the real heroes. And that's, that's why you start with Tesla. And then after Tesla, there's a couple good people to read about. There's a lot of good people to read about. Uh, one, of course, is uh, Wilhelm Reich. And this is a great introduction into Oregon and, and his interpretation of yin and yang energy. But that's just his interpretation of yin and yang energy. <laughs> yeah. And then another one is, is uh, Victor Schauberger. Of course, and Victor Schauberger. Of course, they look at you as you know, as a Nazi if you, or if something like that. But because, of course, he worked for Hitler. But the thing is, is that Victor Schauberger uh, was a master of fluid dynamics, which is basically what this energy is, and he was able to create uh, UFO type devices and and uh, energy, uh, you know free energy type generators, things like this. So those are kind of key. You need to know about that. And then another big thing along the awakening, and I think this is what a lot of people start with, and that's Bill Cooper. Okay, you know Bill Cooper, right? Yeah, I've heard of him. Okay, everyone, everyone should start with Bill Cooper. Bill Cooper, of course, is dead now. He's one of the martyrs that I, I reference as a hero and in influence of my own work. And he was a liaison for the Pacific Fleet out, and that means that he was basically a communication officer, intelligence officer, reporting directly to the Admiral of the Pacific Fleet. So he got, came across his desk, everything. So he knew everything. And he knew about the the Greys, the aliens, the the all the plans, and and it was a big that was a big wake up. Now, now his perspective, of course, was from the perspective of the U.S. military, 
And, and if you have any ability to get close to any of these things like I did, of course, my perspective was the CIA, the NSA, and then eventually I dealt with Billy Meyer, which was like Palladians, you know, practically dealing directly with Palladians. Uh, everyone has a different perspective. The greys will tell you one thing. The reptiles will tell you one thing. The U.S. military will tell you one thing. The Russians will tell you one thing. The CIA will tell you something else. And on and on and on. History will tell you. And, and when you start getting into this stuff and you start getting exposed, you got to go back and learn how to learn. That's one of the first things. As soon as you get all this stuff, just like, ah, it doesn't, your brain's going crazy with all this information. So what you have to do is you really have to go start over from scratch. You have to go back to square one, start over, rebuild what you think is going on. Eventually, if you're lucky, uh, you're going to do that again. You know, you really got to do that again because you never, as soon as you think you know all the answers, then you got to start over. But what happens mm -hmm. is you have to learn how to become an observer so that you can process this information and store it away without attaching your emotion to it. Because if you start going, oh, that's crazy, that's crazy, you, you're not going to learn anything. You got to stop thinking you know the answer. And if you learn something that just doesn't agree with you, was that dog? Yeah, hi, dog. Yeah. If you, if you, like when I first learned about reptiles and stuff, I thought, oh, this is insane. This is too much. I can't, this is, come on. But I couldn't just reject it. I had to file it away you know, and put it in the old to be observed later file. And if you, if you start out with a, attaching the label to something like, well, this is, this is propaganda. This is came from this guy who's questionable, something like that. You'll never, you'll never learn the information. The other thing is you also have to get information from everywhere in places you don't want to get information. Absolutely. You know, right. Like uh, what amazed me, like in the Bible, there's all these references to uh, the Babylonians and Baal and all. I mean, I found out that religion was a big part of this CIA business really early on. And I had to kind of figure out what the heck, why these guys think this way. You know, I had to go back and relook at history and relook at all these religions and things that happened throughout time. Are, are uh, there any examples you can give that really triggered that? Uh, well, like 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 which aspect? Uh, well, yeah, I think you know where I'm leading with this. But uh, the, well, the first big thing, of course, is that I realized that we weren't the good guys, and I realized there was no polar opposites or ridiculous. You know, there's no one side's good, one side's bad. The bad side's just as good. The good side's just as bad. Mm -hmm. And that's where I realized the yin and yang. You know. And, and that's when you realize that the yin and yang is actually spinning. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's always shades of gray, depending on where you're looking at. It's always, you know, if you go around the circle, you pick any section of the circle, there's always a little bit of black and a little bit of white. It's never perfectly white or perfectly black. That's right. our reality. That's this reality right here, this 3D. And when we go to beyond that, we don't even go to 4D, we go to 5D. That's another thing I learned about this stuff is that, uh, the matrix, that's how the, that's the matrix, you know, we, we skip levels. It's kind of kind of interesting business. Densities is really super important. You got to learn about densities because that's the real mechanics of the universe. And if you want to understand how all this stuff works, you got to understand densities, you know, because it's like stepladder up to the top, you know. Yeah, I'm on that 
that cycle now of, of relearning for like the fourth time where <laughs> I have to go back and question things and uh, to talk about the densities. Uh, Barbara Hand Clow, I don't know you know anything about her work or anything like that, but she's she talks one about of the it. only yeah, she's one of the only people I've heard this actually describing the different dimensions and, and the densities and those kinds of things and all the different well, you know, I'll tell you, sometimes someone will tell you something or you'll hear somebody talk about something. You won't realize what it is they're really talking about. Like uh, I had this one woman who was on a show I was doing and she was talking about the the 12 elders or something of this nature. Uh, you know, it was like a whole nother. And I apparently and I realized what she was referring to was actually the Holy Spirit. And I didn't learn that until I was actually talking to my own altar and I was trying to get him to, I was trying to figure out what the heck, you know, I had the opportunity. And so I had a lot of questions. I want to know what was going on specifically my connection. I'm like, what is it? My connection to this altar? What, what do I have to do with any of this stuff? And that's when the densities was brought up. And it's, and I found out that this guy, my altar was actually from the eighth level of density, which is just below the very, very top and just above ascended masters and it was a level where the entities merge okay so in other words the individuality starts to to merge at that point from level seven there's still levels of individuality you know like the ascended masters of individuals but in the holy spirit level those entities merge like 12 entities will become one entity or whatever and then there'll be like 12 of those you know, so, and I'm going on my perception, what I was told in my perception, because when I'm being told the stuff, I can kind of see a little bit about what, what they're talking about. But, and then I realized that these other people are essentially describing the same thing. But apparently this Rambo character that I talk about is one of these uh, 12, I call it 12 pillars. I call it the 12 pillars because to me, they look like pillars. Other people describe them as elders or whatever, but Rambo is supposedly one of these 12 entities, and this entity is made up of at least five other entities that, that I've been told of. I'm, to me, I would think there'd be more, you know, but I know there's at least five, and and I've been told about, I've heard a little bit, I mean, I've heard, obviously, I know the most about Rambo, but I know there's another one after Rambo, kind of close, it's very similar, but is like a total monk you know, looks like a monk with the robes and bald and all that sort of thing. And it's sort of like Rambo, only the alter, the alternate Rambo, anti-Rambo. You know what I mean? One's all spiritual, one's all military kind of a thing. And then there's another one, I think that's a woman, and I don't really know much about the woman. Uh, but supposedly I'll hear about it eventually. And then there's two others that I don't know anything about that I will supposedly hear about when the time is right but that's that's all i know but so mechanically it seems to me if you look at these different levels that if you're trying to like correct something on a lower level it's got to be done from a higher level right right so so satan or whatever is supposed to be some pretty advanced entity like an, at the very least an angel lucifer is supposed to be an angel whatever and that's up there at level uh six, you know, so you think, well, Jesus is higher than level six, but apparently 
uh, it skips. Okay, it's that matrix thing. You know, so that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. It's going to go from eight to six. Okay, so seven's not dealing with it. It's eight's dealing with it. And it's just like when we graduate, we don't go to four. We go to five. Okay, heaven or what we consider heaven is actually five. And five is where we come from. It's where we assemble. It's where we spend most of our time. It's where we decide to go on these uh, learning adventures where we go down to three and have these lives on three. So that's what we're doing. We're coming from five, but we're having these experiences and adventures. It's like going to a university. Okay. And we'll graduate after we've experienced all these lives. But the thing is, is that as you go up in cycle, as you go up in levels, densities, everything takes longer, you know, much longer. So for instance, an animal, when an animal dies, the time, their, their lifespan, of course, is shorter than that of a human somewhat, but, but what's also shorter is their soul life, meaning they're going to reincarnate rapidly, really soon, almost, you know, right away. And they're going to live their life cycles relatively fast. So in other words, an animal might go through 100,000 reincarnations, whereas a human is going to go through a million reincarnations. And the higher level you go, it's even longer. Okay, so you're there even longer. So that's why, but to us, this seems like eternity. Okay, and, and it's just like hell. Hell is not an eternity. People go, oh yeah, you go to hell, it's an eternity. No, bullshit. I actually found out firsthand from Rambo that uh, hell, it's only like a few years, what we would consider a few years. But I'm sure it seems like eternity to you when you're in it, but it's not really hell per se. It's the lake of fire. You know, yeah, there's a lake of fire. Bad guys get tossed in the lake of fire, but they come out. You know, they come out the other side and everything's all forgiven and it's all good. And they get on with it, you know, so it's not like they tell you, you know, so it's really not a bad thing. I mean, I can think of at least a couple of entities that I've had to deal with who were bad guys who were, went through that process and they're, they're like uh, on my team now, you know, but I didn't know any of this was going on. I mean, I said, hey, what happened to so-and-so? And I go, oh, well, we tossed his butt in the lake of fire. I'm like, really? He says, yeah, but he's out now. Do you want to talk to him? He's, he's over here. He works for us now. I'm like, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, he says he's sorry. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can't make this stuff up. No, you really can. <laughs> anyway, do you have any questions? Yeah, so... I want to, I think we got a little bit off topic because <laughs> we were supposed to be talking about the Getty and who, who runs the Getty and why? Right, well, let's what, educate the people. Yeah. Huh? What do we do to get in there? What, all right. Like, well, well, first of all, just a quick review. At the very least, people need to understand that the United States builds bunkers, which are basically cities underground one of these things every three months and they've been doing it since they've really been working on this stuff since the 50s but a good portion of our gross national product the real gross national product about half of it 
goes into these bunkers. Okay, and all the money that's stolen from the IRS and from the customs and from the drug seizures and, and, and all that forfeiture program all feeds this program, goes into this black budget program. So they do this under the concept of continuity of government, which means that if we get attacked by the Russians or there's a great flood or the aliens come, that somehow our society, our great republic will live on. Well, needless to say, it's not the people, this is the elite. So at the very least, we should be jealous or we should be upset that they're taking our money to build these lavish castles underground that we will never see. Now, another big fact that everyone needs to understand is that every single one of these bunkers, including the ones that are in foreign countries that are friendly to us, that have treaties with us, they're run by the NSA, the National Security Agency. Now, the NSA, we associate with people like Ollie North and people like that. And I'll just cut to the chase. I was, uh, my association with, with the NSA wasn't just the NSA. It was the Ollie North gang. And the Ollie North gang worked directly under Robert Vesco, who was the number one mafia guy in the entire world. And he ran what we call the Rothschild Khazar Mafia which is still running the world today. Uh, Soros, of course, is on another thing, but this guy, he had a number two man, Donald Nixon, nephew of Richard Nixon, and it was Don Don Nixon that basically recruited my brother and I to get involved with these people, and I was the one, we thought it was the CIA. We always thought it was the CIA. From the early days, that's what we thought. And when I was working with the LA North Gang, I thought it was the CIA too. But they were doing the Contra killing and everything else. But, but the bottom line is, this is a mafia organization. So the CIA and the NSA are controlled by this mafia organization. It has nothing to do with the U.S. government. They basically control both parties. At one time, the Italian mafia controlled the Democrats and the Jewish mafia controlled the Republicans. But now it's just one mafia. The Jewish mafia t took over the Italian mafia. So the Chinese mafia, Italian mafia, the Colombian mafia, Mexican mafia, all these mafias now are all under one mafia, which we call Intertel. Okay, and Intertel, of course, was done by this... Uh, Robert Vesco, dude. Well, anyway, that's where I got in. I was hired or got involved with a number two guy. Now, now Robert Vesco got arrested. He got into some crap with my brother. And uh, actually, Don Nixon got into some crap with my brother. He ran back to Cuba to go bitch about it to Robert Vesco. And while they were bitching about it, the Cuban government busted down the door and threw his ass in jail. Both of them where Robert Vesco subsequently died some years later. The United States was trying to get him out of jail, and they were trying to extradite him on some BS uh, political contribution thing to Richard Nixon Nixon for like a few hundred thousand dollars, which was nothing. But anyway, how does this involve the Getty? Well, I love tangents. Uh, the United States basically lost World War II and that was at the Battle of uh, Operation High Jump, which took place in Antarctica. And we talked about this uh, 
Schauberger dude that made the Nazi UFOs and stuff. Well, yeah, the Nazis did have UFOs and stuff. They had all kinds of crazy technology that we didn't have. And when we chased them up into Antarctica, that's when they were pushed up against the wall and they got some help from the people that live inside the world. And they came out and kicked our asses. And the result of that was the United States was essentially split in two. So everything west of the Rocky Mountains is now Nazi and everything east of the Rocky Mountains is Zionist or what we call Khazar Rothschild Mafia. So now it's two sides of the same coin. Essentially, they're both sides are satanic. So it's just two sides of the same coin. But the Western half of the United States is the Nazi half. And that is the half that controls the Getty. So each one of these sides has all these bunkers. And of course, the Getty is the main bunker for that side. Now, the crown, the crown of England is on the Nazi side. And everybody goes by the what is it, the Magna Carta, which is the deal that the world's been running on. It's like the worldwide constitution that's been going on since 1500 AD. Anyway, according to the Magna Carta, the crown, i.e. the queen and all that, is the boss, and everybody's got to bow to to the queen. Even though they look like they're all enemies, no, they're not. They all work together. They all work under this big treaty. So it's like Nazis, uh, Jews, that's all a big farce, okay, uh, in fact, the, the Jews isn't even the thing. It's the Sabbatean Frankist out of Turkey who came up with all this. Uh, they're the ones that took the Masons and turned it into the Illuminati. I mean, before before the Sabbateans came along in 1700 with Adam Weishaupt and Meyer Rothschild and Jacob Frank, they took uh, that Satanist nonsense and they incorporated it into the Masons, you know, took over the Masons so, so they could get this stuff, you know, spread all over the world. Uh, before that, they were just a bunch of damn bricklayers. But uh, anyway, but those are the guys that are running everything. So what can I say? But as far as the Getty, why is the Getty important? The Getty is the crown. The Getty is the throne of the crown. And the Getty is like the big uh, throne, and whoever takes the throne is going to take the crown. So to, to beat this enemy... To take over the world, you don't just kill everybody. That's what they want you to do. What you've got to do is take the crown. It's only through taking this crown that you can control the rest of them because they will be compelled to do what you say. So this is why I have to take the Getty because I got to do this. Now, people aren't going to like it, but this is the thing. There's so much money down there. There's so much power, technology, and uh, everything that we need here on the surface that the lives of the people that are down there right now are extremely greedy. They don't want to share this with all the people that live on the surface. They just want to kill everybody off. They would like to see all the people on the surface of the earth dead for at least a hundred years or so and let everything green up and get nice and wild and clean like it used to be. And then they can live underground and be environmentalists and be superior and all that. It's like Noah's Ark, but they want to control it. They want to have, pure races. They want to have, uh, like, for instance, if you're Italian, you, they want you to be 100% Italian. If you're Greek, they want you to be 100% Greek, you know, yada, yada, yada. They want everybody to be like uh, dogs, you know, to be like, they don't want any mutts. They don't like mutts. They're really racist. That's the thing. These guys are racist as all hell. Uh, the reason, they basically wanted me to be like uh I don't know what the hell, Prince or some stupid thing. 
I mean, I think it's like being an antichrist, you know, it's like, in other words, it's like if they know that you're going to destroy them, they're going to do everything they can to get you on their side to convince you that you're special and you should be one of us and yada, yada. And what I did basically was said, that's not fair because, uh, you know, like here in LA where I live, there's a lot of people, you know, 10 million people in one relatively small place. And there's a lot of fine ladies out there. And you know what I'm saying? It's like, they want to kill them all? You know what I mean? It's right. like, what are they thinking? You know what I mean? Right. It's like, my God. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's at the very least, it's not fair. So, so I had that choice and I decided, well, screw this. I'm going to do everything I can to expose them and tell everybody about what they've got going on down there and make it so they can't hide it. And, and, but the thing is just that everyone thinks, well, what do we do? Are we going to go in there with pitchforks and guns and take it over? No, we're not. Right. They have to give up. They have to hand it over. They, they have to do it really soon. We have to not kill them and they have to hand it all over. That's the deal. Okay. So how would you go about not killing them and getting them to hand it over is my question. Well, to go. <laughs> first of all, I know, I know, really. Every, but see, that's what I want. I, Me personally, this stuff makes me rage, right? I rage about this stuff. And I can't understand. I've been raging about this stuff now for long damn time. And people think I'm nuts. But how can you not? How can you know about this stuff and not be pissed off and not want to do everything in your power to make it stop like yesterday? You know, right. there's no vacation. There's no going out and having fun while you know this stuff is going on. You know, it's if, right. if you're, you got to do something, you got to do everything in your power to do something. And at the same time, because of what I know and because of what I know that's going on down there, I know that they're not going to just give up unless they know that we won't kill them. And I know that the reason why they want to kill us is because we're savages to them. We're like smart animals. We barely know anything. We are not spiritual. We are not service to others. We are not all these things. We have to, as a society, change into a service to others society. We have to completely change over this greed-based society. And that's been going on for thousands of years. So we're going to go back to something that's completely foreign to most people that are alive today. And this is how we elevate spiritually and physically to the point that we will be worthy to take responsibility for our earth. Because here's the thing. If I was to tell you the secret to go down there and get the keys and open that place up and, and liberate everything that we need to liberate, would everyone be worthy? What would they do? Would they, right. would they go in there like animals and destroy everything? And, and you know, because this is the stuff, stuff I hear, you know, like the right. Trump crowd. They're like going, oh, we went in there and we killed everybody and we blew it up and, and we got body bags. It's like, really? Yeah. For, first of all, we paid for it. You know, we paid for those underground cities. We're not going to be blowing them up. BS. And second of all, there isn't enough dynamite in the world to blow all those things up. You can't. Right. You couldn't do it. So if someone tells you that they're blowing them up and rescuing children. Horseshit. And one of the one of the biggest ways you know that's BS 
is whenever you hear the misinformation people try to tell you about the rescues that are going on, they'll always tell you that they were in tunnels. The children were found in tunnels. We went into the tunnels. It's like, really? How about the big, giant, city-sized bunkers? Those aren't tunnels. (laughs) You know, let's hear about that. Let's hear about the gold, you know? And people go, people actually will, out there's people out there right now, they're so convinced and listening to the BS, they go, uh, oh, that bunker's already been cleaned out. I'm like, really? And yet that museum is still operating and Mr. Getty is still walking free and I don't see hundreds of thousands of children walking around and we don't see all this technology and we don't, we still have the COVID nonsense. We still have chemtrails and everything else. I mean, give me a break. It's it's like uh, you're dealing with animals. I mean, seriously, it's, these only animals could be that ignorant. To you know, when you when you don't understand the reality or the nature of a reality that you can't comprehend, it's easy for someone to come along and dismiss it and say, "Oh, it's nothing to think about." Well, obviously, because you're not your brain isn't even programmed or wired to think about it. So, so the thing, the thing about this Getty mission is that I could tell you what's down there. I could tell you what it's like. I could tell you all these wonderful, colorful, dramatic stories, or I could just tell you to open the damn door and look inside and then you'll see for yourself. And, and I already know that when the day comes and they do open the door and, and the secrets are revealed, it's like Pandora's box the the world will be changed overnight. And that's why I know that none of this has happened because I don't see the world having changed. And most people, you know, well, they're, they're going to be rolling around on the ground in fetal position when they realize what's really going on, right? Right, yeah. So we, we have to, our job, you know, like those of us who say, what's the Occupy the Getty mission? Um, Yes, I want people to be angry and I want them to understand the reality. I want the enemy to be afraid. But at the same time, I want people to get over the fear, get over the pain, open their minds up to learning all these things that they've got to learn because we as a people, as a society, as a culture have to advance if we want to survive this this transition because that's this is the transition. And all these vestiges of the previous life, our governments, our monuments, all that stuff, it's gotta go away. Right. You know, it's all gotta go away. What what we think is the law, that's gotta go away. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, it's all false anyway. I, I keep trying to tell whoever I can that I think is gonna at least open a corner of their mind to it that this is a transition phase we're going through right now. Yeah, it looks pretty dark. Hardcore. And it, it just it, it has to be this way for things to change on some level. And I I try to communicate that, and you maybe you have a different perspective, but this is one of many last ditch efforts to try to get people to stay in the mindsets. And when I, I remember how that first came up for me was when I was a spiritual person, quote unquote. Uh that I realized that a lot of this wasn't adding up. I realized that what they're doing is they're giving you the basic information, redirecting you right back to the same old greed and fear mongering. And that's how I realized that the majority of these things that are allowed are allowed in the mainstream 
are allowed for a reason, and it's <coughs> they're to controlling it. Turn you right back around so that humanity doesn't wake up fully. And I wonder, I wonder what's what's the next thing that's going to happen, because here we have this what people call the global awakening and I rolled my eyes at it. It, it pisses me off to be honest. One of the few things that are really genuinely pisses me off. And I know they totally stole it, huh? <laughs> totally hijacked totally, it. Totally hijacked it. And um, nobody's, they're all still in bed pulling the covers over their heads and trying yeah. to go back to sleep. And um, yeah, trying to turn it into some political thing. Yeah, it's either about that or it's about, you know, meditate and do yoga and, you know. Ignore the evil stuff. Change your perceptions. Forgiveness and all those kinds of things. And um, that's all great. That's all a starting point. But if you, and I, and I say this a lot as well, when you really truly meditate, I'm not talking about doing guided meditations on the Calm app here. <laughs> I'm talking about really turning the lights off and meditating for hours uh, on end. Something yeah. completely different happens to you when you stop watching the news because they're all, like you said, the Zionists and all that stupid shit trying to tell us what to believe. When, when you really get rid of that stuff and you kind of... Uh, actually go into yourself you realize that everything is set up a particular way and there's no way that you can't if you're actually meditating and if you're actually paying attention there's no way that you don't come to that realization so there's something that happens to people who think they're meditating but what they're really doing is glorified breathing uh-huh. that they they're just rehashing the same old fears in a different way in the same old behavioral patterns in a different way to maintain uh-huh. whatever is the program of the one percent <laughs> yeah uh, i it's I interesting off, you know well no yeah. i mean uh for me the the meditation thing is really it's just about achieving calm and and yes yeah, you really do have to get rid of those distractions um music i mean what we all love music but it's like you got a song in your head you just like, got a lyric in your head you're not, that's not calm. <laughs> it's exactly. not quiet, you know? So yeah, I don't, I don't listen. Like I don't have a, I don't drive anymore, but I didn't have it. Somebody stole the thing out of the, you know, CD player out of my car and <laughs> never put a new one back. You know what I mean? They were doing you a favor. Yeah. They were doing me a favor for sure. But, but no, you, you do need to learn how to listen. That's yeah. what it's really about. And you know what else is important is you have to learn how to ask questions. Absolutely. You know, because like a lot of people will, one time there was this one dude, he had like angels in his house. He had like a portal open up. He says, oh, I got these angels in my house. What do I do? I said, well, why don't you ask them a question? <laughs> he says, they're not yeah. telling me anything. because you're not asking them questions. You know, but it, it works the same way. If you want to know something, like if I was trying to invent something and I'd want an answer to what I should do different. I would ask and I would get, you know, I would get that inspiration would come and the inspiration will always come to you. If you're asking a question, either you'll go straight to the answer on Google, Wikipedia, whatever will just pop up in front of you. That book will write, open up to the right page or it'll just come into your head. It'll, it'll come, you know, you just, but you have to achieve that calm. You have yep. to listen and you have to be confident 
you have to go, oh, that's the answer. You can't go, oh, I must be imagining something, you know. Yeah, yeah that's confidence it. is important. You said you said exactly it. You got to learn to listen and you got to learn how to ask questions. And the majority of humans these days are they're either on social media scrolling through that. They're on YouTube listening to someone give them information. And so they're not questioning it. And just because somebody's an expert doesn't mean that they actually know anything. They just might be an expert at bullshitting you. And yeah. it's, you know, it's important that people, even when, to, to all the listeners that will hear this, if you don't like what we're saying, why? <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, don't take what we're saying 100%. But why don't, oh, yeah. you, why don't you feel comfortable? Ask yourself those questions. Because you're not going to gain any insight. If you just listen to something, you go, ah, okay, yeah. Stephen and Johan said, "Well, you got to file it away." <laughs> you know, okay. What what I was going to say is that uh, a lot of times people don't think; they think they're thinking, but what they're really doing is they're feeling. They're yeah. like, "Oh, I I feel this way about what I just heard. I feel mm-hmm. good or I feel bad," and they misinterpret that as they're thinking or they're analyzing. But no, they're not. They're actually just feeling. So. That's something yeah. that we really got to learn to separate our emotions from this stuff. Get really yeah. flat. You, you know, I'll just throw this out there is that uh, it's like a roller coaster and you uh, are constantly having these highs and lows. And sometimes we feel compelled to express ourselves when something's bad or something's good. And it's like, really? You're going to constantly be coming up with more colorful adjectives to describe these highs and lows? It's ridiculous. You've so you've got to maintain kind of a, a level flat thing, because especially when you're dealing with like like what we're doing, which is a battle. Uh, there's going to be downturns and upturns. Great things are going to happen and bad things are going to happen. And if you let any one of those move you in either direction too much, you're, you're going to lose your effectiveness. So it's like when your comrades are falling by your side, you can't stop what you're doing and run to their aid. You've got to keep moving forward and focus on the objective. And by the same token, when you have a victory, you can't sit there and get all excited and celebrate. You know, you've got, you got a long way to go. Mm-hmm. And, and by the same token, like, uh, I'll give you an example. Like, let's say somebody was donating money to me and somebody gives me $20 and someone else gives me $200. It doesn't matter what the amount is. They're going to get the same amount of thanks, right? Gratitude. You're, you know, it's like, what are you going to do? You get all excited. The bigger the amount is. Like someone gives you a really huge amount of money. What are you going to do? You're going to go. You know what I'm saying? It's like, right. you, you got to keep that stuff kind of limited. And then imagine like uh, being a world leader and you've got these ridiculous events taking place. You got to be pretty stable. You know what I mean? You got to project a very stable, strong image. And it's like when you're dealing with, with rich people, the same thing, or people who are supposedly special, I think they're special. You get all excited because one person's special, you know, you treat them different. You know what I mean? You, you, once again, you got to have that. doesn't matter where you go or what you're dealing with. You're going to project the same kind of out, output. So pretty hard for most people to do. Kind of a tangent. Yeah. Irrelevant. Relevant. Because the more people that hear this, the more they can understand it. 
they're still not thinking for themselves. Sorry. <laughs> I think when one of the questions you had was like, how do you convince people and how do you, uh, how do you deal with it? Now I'm, I'm not the best example. You probably see me go off on people just totally go off. But I think that if you, if you are in control of your emotions and you can be uh, logical and uh, approach somebody not adversarially, then, then yeah, you could probably have a much better opportunity to uh, convince them. But there's another thing. Um, if you plant the seeds, they're going to eventually, the person will go, will come to some self-realization eventually. But also at the same time, we don't have a lot of time left to wake up everybody that we might want to try to wake up along the way. And a lot of people are going to be just lost. And it's like this, the COVID thing, uh, the vaccine if it's not a vaccine, of course, but this thing they're injecting into people is going to kill the people. It's going to do horrible things, and right. it's going to really it's going to make them contagious to people that are not injected. It's just it's just a horrible, horrible thing, and there's really very little we can do about it. And I the actually, only thing, sorry to cut you off, I actually want to talk more about that because that's something that I I knew we needed to. I I picked up from the ether that I just you know when it, this whole thing started, I actually knew that this was coming I, I dreamt it yeah. and I it, you know you know how that goes like you don't you get you get that cognition or whatever if you're sitting around and and uh oh no the elites are going to do this thing <laughs> not know, that it actually huh? says that but you get these 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 uh sensory things that happen for you and it's difficult uh -huh. to describe sometimes because it can be all over the place and and you know some time passes and you forget about it and then it happens and and you're like, oh, yeah, that's actually yeah. There it is, down. right in the middle of it. Yeah, <laughs> and you get that feeling in your bones where you just know that you don't, you know, don't fuck with this thing. Don't, you know, and stay away from everybody that thinks it's normal, because they're the most dangerous people to be around. And um, it is. It's really. It is scary. Thing. And it, it's, uh, it's, it's a very emotional time for people because there's so many people that are close to us that have had to do it for one reason or another. Uh, and that's awful because bad things are going to happen. But the thing is, is that, again, that's that exercise in controlling your reaction because it's like, it's like we, we know people are going to die. We got to accept that. But at the same time, uh, we should also use that as motivation to do something about it. And again, Going out, like in Melbourne, they're having horrible stuff going on in Melbourne with their protests and their draconian measures in places like Austria and what have you. But the uh, the thing is, is that if if the energy was being put in the right place, like the Getty, then something might actually happen. And that's why Occupy the Getty was created, because I knew that these these protests and these sit-ins or whatever, these times where these people would take over like like a, the Bundy Ranch situation that took place around the time this all started. I knew that if I could harness that energy and I could get people to actually go somewhere and congregate someplace where it would actually make a difference and put a spotlight in a place that actually needed to have a spotlight, we could actually cause something to happen. But all these other things are just a waste of time. I mean, it's like marching on Congress. I mean, first of all, those guys were savages. They were just idiots. They, they blew it. But if that kind of energy was put into the Getty, we'd be halfway to having our world back by now. 
so that's really what this mission is about. And and ultimately, what I really need, at least in the physical 3D, is I need uh, about 100,000, 10,000, 10,000, 100,000 million people in L.A. willing to go to the Getty and surround that thing and make a big uh, scene, basically. And they have to do this in a peaceful way. I can't have a bunch of idiots breaking laws and tearing stuff down and, you know, damaging property and stuff. These people have to be under control. And, and another big thing that's going to be important is they have to have their mouths under control. Unlike movements like the Occupy movement where everybody and their brother had a different message, everyone needs to be on the same page. They can only put out one sound bite. If someone mm -hmm. talks to them and says, why are you doing this? They all have to say the same thing. Right. And ultimately, of course, it's going to have to go to me because when people say, well, where's the evidence? Where's this? Where's that? Well, that's me. I'm the evidence. I'm the one saying this stuff. See, so as long as you have an actual person saying it, it's not a conspiracy. Then it becomes slander or, uh, you know, libel. Right. So if I'm slandering the Getty Foundation, I'm saying these terrible things about Gordon Getty, they have every right to sue me. And then they have to prove that what I'm saying isn't true. Right. So that's, so that's the whole why purpose. They can't touch you. <laughs> that's why they can't touch me. <laughs> yeah. That's why I got to have all these people following me to, so that we can do this. Right. <clears throat> But I need these people at the same time not to be a bunch of crazy savages that want to kill and burn and everything else. They've got to be, they have to realize that, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood and all that sort of thing. Mm. So we have to live it. We have to walk the walk. And we have to be hard. Now, then there's, that's, then there's the Jedi stuff, the 4D stuff. We, have, we use our uh, psychic skills and our astral skills to go wage war against these guys in their, in their realm, which is the demonic realm, the one we don't want to go to, the 4D. Um, that's where these reptiles hang out. That's, that's where the negative energy goes to when they're collecting up their loosh and all that. That's where they feed on it. That's where they're dark lords hang out uh, so that's where we do all our fighting and, and I'm one aspect of this whole Occupy the Getty mission is physical and the other half is non-physical and the non-physical basically is that we have an army and we do battle with these guys and we've been doing this now since I don't know going on four or five years now and a lot of the change that you see taking place in the world is because of that so they wouldn't be talking about this stuff if it wasn't for the fact that we weren't putting the hurt on them. And I know from real-time 3D feedback that all of the high-ranking Satanists are freaking out right now because of what we're doing in the 4D. Definitely. Uh, and they're getting a little bit more brazen with doing what they do out in the open as well. That's yeah, they have to. The free lunch is going to be over, and people think that that's that's kind of the one of the bad sides of all this is that when you really put the heat on the enemy like this, they're going to step up what they're doing it's because if they think that it's coming to an end, they're going to gorge, and that's what they're doing right now. They're 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 taking in even people. They're taking even more 
children and stuff like that. And I, w- uh, I wanted to ask a question about the, the children that are going missing. And I also want to talk about something that happened recently, the Travis Scott incident and hmm. and portals and, and things like that, because I believe that a lot of that's happening right now. Sorry, my dog's getting excited because he doesn't believe that anyone else should be fed. He is the only one. <laughs> it's feeding time. Oh, you're right. It is almost feeding time. I'm looking at that. Okay. Uh, okay, well, portals. Here's the thing about portals. I'll just say this right away. Is that the, the enemy uses the portals. It's a it's of the Draco. Okay, the Draco are the ones that really use the portals. Uh, they use the portals to transport themselves back and forth. Mm-hmm. And they're not supposed to be doing this. There was a treaty that was basically entered into by the Draco, the reptile, or the reptiles, the Greys, and the Anunnaki mm-hmm. with Source, God, basically. They made this treaty with God that they weren't going to do these things. And one of the things they weren't going to do is use portals. So, yeah. So all this portal usage that's going on right now is very bad. And they're trying to create these things like at CERN, uh, Fukushima, they were trying to create a portal. They did create a big portal. There's like six of them under the Getty that we know of, maybe seven. Yeah, probably mm-hmm. like more like seven at least. And uh, where these things go are probably just on the 4D, somewhere in the 4D. But, but that's what the enemy does. And that's one of the things that we do in the 4D is we shut these things down. Okay, so that's that's a big part of our battle is to shut down these portals. So yeah, when you see guys like Travis Scott doing what they were doing, trying to open up portals and crap, that's just just pure demonic crap. What can I say? You know, <laughs> what else did you want to do? Yeah, exactly. Um, what about what about what's happening in Antarctica? Yeah, like, there's plenty of people out there who are truthers who are focusing on it, but I don't think that they're really focusing on the what's underneath of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, okay, that's like one of the biggest secrets in the world. And it's it's not really super important, you know, because I was kind of hoping that we weren't going to have to deal with it as a species. But But here's the thing. The Earth is hollow, okay? It's not flat. It's not a donut, whatever. It's hollow. And... There's a lot of physics to support this, but there are entrances, one on the North Pole and one on the South Pole. And the Germans in 1938 discovered the one on the North or the South Pole, Antarctica, uh, when they were doing their new Schwabenland expeditions. And a lot of people think that they, they built a city on the ice, which they did. A lot of people think that they built underground stuff there, which they did. But what they really did was they used their U-boats to navigate through this passage into uh, the world inside of the world. And they were able to establish a new homeland there, which is called New Schwabenland which is actually a size of territory much larger than Germany, but at the same time, it's relatively small compared to the other civilizations living on the other land masses inside of the Earth. Now, I don't know much about the politics of the inside of the Earth. I suspect that they're somewhat peaceful, and I suspect they're they're somewhat advanced, and one of the things I do know is that they will allow 
surface dwellers and take them inside if they're about to be part of some sort of a genocide or uh, event that's going to kill all the the earth. So I think that uh, when Atlantis was taken out in a previous epoch, uh, and that was actually warfare, I think that those people were allowed entrance. I think that Nazis, the same thing. I think the reason why the Nazis were allowed to establish a, a society within this hollow earth was because they were able to convince the entities living there that they were on the verge of being wiped out, which is what it looked like was happening in Antarctica when Operation Hijamp was taking place. You had an American armada coming to wipe out the last little vestige of, of the, uh, the German military, and that's why the other guys got involved. So as a Jedi somebody that fights these Nazis for real, because we do, we are fighting Nazis. Under the Getty, they're Nazis, and, and a lot of the psychics, they're so-called wizards and warlocks, like they talk about, they're what we call Nazi psychics, or, or Vril, you know, V-R-I-L, those are, those are Nazi psychics. So, technically, yes, we are fighting these Nazi psychics, but we're also very much involved in fighting the the Draco. Uh, okay. The Gray are also an issue, but not so much. On Earth, it's mostly Draco. The Gray are actually on the moon. They come here from the moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Anunnaki, they come from Nibiru, and Nibiru isn't even here. It's somewhere out there on its orbit, and it only comes around so often. Uh, it was here recently, around mm-hmm. the time of the death of Mandela, we supposedly got a visit, visit, visit from Marduk, who's like the head uh, Anunnaki guy. But my philosophy is basically our job as humans, as enlightened humans, is is to wipe them all out in in a very genocidal way. But at the same time, it's going to be with no emotion because I believe that that the Creator allowed us little hybrid humans at this time in, in, in destiny to, to take that job on. So, so basically what, what's going on here on the earth is we've had these three entities, the greys, the Anunnaki, and the reptiles, have been kicking butt and, and uh, ruling over all the other entities, which there were like 8,000 of these other entities here on earth. I mean, different types of species. And they, they killed them all off. And then they created these hybrid humans, which is us. And now it's our job to take these guys down. Now, they've been running this earth for 25 million years. So we've had basically hell on earth for 25 million years. Our job is to take, is to correct that. And we do have an advantage because we can pretty much be anywhere we want. Okay, I don't, we don't have to, we can go anywhere on the earth, we can go anywhere, anywhere, we can be on different planets, we can go anywhere we want, we just, we just show up. So, so in other words, they can't hide from us, but, but the creator gave us these skills to do just that, and the idea is that they blew it, they've, they violated the treaty, they've, they've run amok and, and, turn the earth into what it is today and that needs to go away so the earth could go back to being the paradise resort community that it used to be Mm -hmm. (laughs) because that's what the earth was it was like a paradise it was like 
all it was like Star Wars Cantina. You know what I mean? Everybody came here. You know, it was like we were the place to be. And these guys ran everybody off and have been making it hell on earth. I mean, hell. We need to bring it back to the way to the way it was. And that's that's what this is really all about. So politically speaking, the universe is divided into two sides. It's not like Republican, Democrat, it's service to self and service to others. And the bad guys are service to self. And there's a lot more service to others out there in the universe. And our job is basically to spank these guys that have been running amok here in the 3D in this particular timeline for the last 25 million years. Mm -hmm. You know? So, yeah, that's what I'm about. I mean, yeah, I don't want to... I'm not doing this just to save the children. I'm doing this to free the Earth from this this reign of these three entities. And then I get to go away and get to go back to where I came from. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, happy day. (laughs) I know, huh? Gotta happen soon, man. Well, Well, what do you think? You had enough? Oh, no, I could talk about this for hours and unless Oh, do I just do it again, man? We'll just do it again. How's that sound? You gotta go, let me know. I don't gotta go. I just want to take a bong hit, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Bongs I've been too long without a bong hit. I need to drink some tea and shit. You know, but, uh, okay. Well, do you have any other questions, or you don't have any? Did you ever get anybody joining you guys, joining you in here? No, I didn't. Um, I had, I just had two more questions, and and it's about what's in the COVID vaccine, and the second one oh, is, okay. what are they really doing with these children, and how do these children go missing? All right, we'll start with COVID. Um, Oh, before, okay. I you, before I let you say that, I, I want to say why I'm interested because I, I know a lot of women that are mothers in my in my age group and in, especially in America. And there's a lot of kids that just go missing from like Walmart and stuff where they live. Uh-huh. And, and I said, well, it has to be a little bit more than somebody runs in the store and grabs your kid and runs out and they don't see that on camera. <laughs> yeah, it's like going to Disneyland. It's part of the system, you know, for sure. Yeah. It's a Masonic thing, for sure. Okay, well, let's start with the COVID. First of all, yes, the COVID is bio-warfare, and it is intended to kill everybody. It's not a vaccine, per se, like uh, antibody, whatever. What it is, is it's gene splicing. COVID is actually CRISPR. CRISPR stands for, oh, I don't have the acronym in front of me, but it's um, combinations of palindromic short repeats, yada, yada. And what that basically means is that uh, it will... They, they put this thing into your into your blood, and what it does is it gets into a cells, and it first starts out in the cells of bacteria in your stomach, okay? And the same bacteria in your stomach is like the bacteria you're going to have in your mucous membranes or your lungs or your, or your stomach. So this is where the area's attacks. First goes into the mucous membranes. It actually is going to be either coming to your body in the form of a lipid or a nanobody, real live, self-replicating, uh, structure made from DNA, protein, and uh, crystalline components. It's it's it comes in the chemtrails. They've been spraying on this stuff for years. Anyway, once it gets into your sinuses, it will basically attack the cell. It will either use one of eight methods to penetrate the cell, and once it does that, it uses this thing called a Cas9 protein. Which, which will carry the foreign 
DNA or RNA, which is basically half of a segment of DNA of some man-made crap that could have come from an animal or could be who knows what. And it will be inside of this protein, and it will also contain the various uh, graphene and what have you, which is essentially what goes into creating these little nanobots, and, and they will cut your DNA. The first thing they do is they go along your DNA inside the cell and they find a sequence which is where the CRISPR thing comes in they're looking for palindromic repeats and these sequences they will actually cut the DNA on on this at this location and they will splice in a loop of RNA a foreign loop of RNA that's what mRNA is it's m is marker RNA now DNA RNA and all that is is basically made out of amino acids so right away, the first thing I'm going to tell everybody is to take lysine, L-Y-S-I-N-E. If you're not taking lysine, uh, you're not going to live. You need to be taking lysine. Lysine is an amino acid. It will boost your immune function. Also, your DNA is made from amino acids. So this is a very important thing to have in your body. It's also very important for protein cellular protein production, which obviously is, plays a very key role in keeping your cells healthy because the protein doesn't just deliver the damn shit to your DNA. It also removes it. Mm-hmm. So this is why we need to boost this, these natural immunity functions so that we can do this. Once you got it in your body, you're really kind of screwed. It's going to self-replicate and it's going to spread. If you really want to get rid of it, I say try using a magnet have very strong magnets on your body or get an MRI. So like put a magnet somewhere on like a big artery where the, your, your blood's going to be passing. So the magnet will hopefully disable some of the electronic function because this shit runs on RFID. Okay. They're, they're basically RFID chips, which means that they're going to be powered by ambient electromagnetic radiation, such as what comes from your cell phone or your TV, or your Wi-Fi. So my advice, too, is if you've got this crap in your body, stay the hell away from your cell phone, your Wi-Fi, or whatever. You need to protect your body so that these things in your body don't get the energy to reproduce and replicate themselves. They need they need electricity to do that, okay? So, so there's a lot of aspects. But the bottom line is, yes, once you've done it, you're screwed. And I can also see that it's, it's attacking one side of the DNA. So like I said, you've got your male and your female energy. Your DNA also has a helix, just like the direction of the male energy with the helix going one way and the female energy with the helix going the other way. The DNA is exactly the same thing because it is an antenna that connects you to source. So by cutting into one side of the DNA, and I suspect what they're doing is they're cutting into the male side. So they're hijacking the male side of the DNA. This is one of the reasons why we're seeing a lot of people, especially women, experiencing ridiculously horrible periods and blood clotting, A, because this is causing clotting, and B, because by cutting into the male side of the DNA, you're totally totally hijacking the hormone system and you're turning everybody into bitches. And this is just one more thing that they're trying to do. So, you know, it's not a good thing. It's funny because I was meditating a couple of weeks ago and, and uh, the information about the amino acids came to me. So I went out and I bought some wow. 
amino acids. And then a friend of mine gave me some some book recommendations. You ever heard of Vianna Stiebel, Feed a uh-huh. Healer? Oh, no, no. I, I, oh, first of all, I got to be honest with you. I avoid everybody because nice. this way it doesn't pollute my message, you know, someone says, oh, you're just repeating what so-and-so said. No, I never heard of so-and-so. So if they're saying what I say, hey, that's cool. And that's <laughs> great, right? Yeah, so she's a, the- a theta healer. So basically what she does is she just walks you up to the planes and you, you talk to the creator, which, uh-huh. which is a useful thing. And she, but she's also saying the same things about the amino acids and parasites and those kinds of things and, and you know, how to... I'm spacing. I'm getting ready to drop off camera for a sec. Go on, go on. Don't let me distract you. Don't let me distract you. Go on. Hey, do what you gotta do. So, I wasn't even ready, son of a bitch. Okay, go on. Yeah, yeah, tell me, tell me what what you get from that. I mean, have you tried it or what? So yeah, I've tried it, and um, it's you know it's the same place that you'll eventually go if you if you really do meditate and you navigate. Have you ever done DMT? You ever done DMT? I haven't. haven't. You heard about it? I've heard about it, and uh, I, I'm not so sure. <laughs> yeah, you're afraid. I'm not so sure. Uh, I'm not sure if it, 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 I could label it as a, as being afraid and just not very certain that what they a say lot of people is are afraid. exactly what it is. Right? Oh, so. it's natural. It is. I mean, DMT. It's that thing that comes from your pineal glands. The same thing that makes you dream yeah. at night. I've I've done it at least six times. It's totally natural. Mm-hmm. I've seen people who are completely agnostic do it one time and go, "Holy crap!" Suddenly they became spiritual because they saw the other side. And if you've ever done it, you'll more than once. You'll one of the things you'll notice right away is you go to the same place every time. It's the same. In other words, this place you go is a place. Because you, when you go there, you go, uh, you go to say it's like the Matrix. Basically, like if you've ever watched the Matrix movie, when he touches the mirror, you hear a kind of tone sort of starts. The tone gets really loud, louder, and then stops, and you're in the other side. That's yeah. exactly what it's like. Yeah. So what happens to me is that I meditate, and usually, I get myself into a pretty deep state, and. Um, I'll fall forward and I and I go to the place that you're describing. And I just feel like whoop. And you know, sometimes if I'm paying attention to what's happening in my body, which usually I usually have to detach from it to get there, I'll feel the drip down my throat or whatever that is. But for me it just it's a tingling that happens like in the center back here and then I I yeah, go. Yeah. And so I know what you're talking about. It's the same I, thing. It's a lot of the people same just thing. don't really get that that's what that is. Oh, yeah, and yeah. So, I, you do that every time when you go to sleep at night. It's the same thing. Yeah. Only you're doing it while you're awake. It's when yeah. you're... When, DMT doesn't last very long. It's, it depends on how you do it. Usually when these guys go out in the jungles with the shamans, they add ingredients to it that try to make it last longer because you're... It, your liver metabolizes it really quick. Once it gets in your body, it gets metabolized really quick. So they'll come up, they'll add ingredients to like the tea that will actually make it metabolize slower so they get these longer highs. I, I prefer to just take it straight, usually with some weed, but the weed will actually diminish it ever so slightly, which is no big deal. But but the thing is, you can stay in there 12, 15 minutes and you can actually come in and out uh, there's different ways to do it. You can do it with your eyes open. You can do it with your eyes covered. 
uh, each it's a little bit different because seeing the world from that perspective, it's like seeing the 4D. You can see light bodies. Uh, when you're yeah. when you're on DMT, you're not. You could be like looking at your friends around you. And you'll recognize them, but you're not seeing them. You're seeing their light body. Okay, mm. you're just seeing little sparkly lights, and but you know it's them. You just mm. know. But you can see through walls. You can see people in other rooms where they're standing, stuff like that. And you can also see, uh, like if somebody's possessed, you can see the shadows, dark shadows, mm. stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I saw that, and a friend of mine was doing it also. He saw the same thing in the same person, so that's real. But you will speak to you. I mean, it doesn't have to be a dramatic thing, because for me, it wasn't that dramatic. My lesson was relatively simple, and it applied to my mission, which was basically to communicate with people. Mm-hmm. And what they told me was they said no matter what I did, people weren't going to listen. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that was the demonstration. It was like uh, I was trying to communicate from, from you know, the other side to my friends who were sitting around me, and it wasn't happening. And then the voice in my head says, see, no matter what you do, they don't hear anything. They don't understand. I'm like, oh. And I realized that was my lesson. That's the big thing. Because a lot of times, everyone that does that, you'll, you're going to get a big lesson. Yeah. Or or if you have something like something, a skeleton in your closet, per se, you know what I mean? Something that you're ashamed of that you need to deal with, some psychological thing or whatever, something from your past, you'll be confronted with that. You know, as soon as you get in there, they're going to say, okay, I'm your guide and we're going to deal with this right now. Mm-hmm. And that scares the shit out of people. That right there. Because a lot of people, they know. They know when they go in there, they're going to have to deal with that stuff. So... Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is because, you know, you want to move on, you uh, you have to do these things. You have to train, you have to learn, you have to get past your your things. Like, for instance, when one of the biggest things of all, like if you're going to be this spiritual monk-like person and have all these magical powers and be able to heal and all that stuff, you don't get to own anything. You get to have to lose everything. You get to lose your family, your job, your everything. You know, it's like, it's like trying to be like Christ. You're not owning anything. You're depending on people, people feeding you, housing you, everything. And, but that is, so if you want to go down that path, that's, that's how it's done. And, um, I had a ton of stuff. I had a whole bunch of money and a ton of stuff. And it was like, I'm thinking, wow, I'm supposed to lose all this stuff. And sure enough, it was all gone. You know, but yeah. now I can heal people and do magic. So, hey, right? Yeah, I that totally resonates. And I know I'm, you know, I'm not quite there yet. I'm doing the work as best as I can to to embrace that because the very first thing that happened to me was I kind of went into that place, and I was in there, and I was listening to like a, a frequency, and it was kind of like a, a I want to say like a sine wave sound Uh that I was hearing. And then someone just started speaking and they're basically long and short of it is you, they were like, you got to learn everything there is about psychology as fast as you can figure out why humans think the way that they do, why they're so convinced of their own stuff. Uh And then you got to come back out and you got to give up your music career and you got to go 
teach people how to breathe yeah, yeah, properly yeah. and how to think for themselves, voice. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And no, sh- uh, yeah, and use your tech skills to facilitate the whole thing, huh? Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah sir. Uh-huh. Like all oh, those eleven years you spent. You know what I got about, told? What's that? Okay, the last time I was talking to uh, Rambo, he told me. Of course, I haven't done any of this stuff. He said. Uh, he said to. Uh, he said to let my beard grow out. He said to start wearing black. I always wear black anyway. And he said to start working out, lifting weights and stuff, get all studly. But for an old man, that's kind of crazy. But I used to be like all, you know, pretty ripped. And and supposedly the reason for that was that the women would like it and the men would like it. And this was going to help me get my message out there. Right. Chirpy, huh? Well, I can't say that I haven't heard that because I have, and I do. <laughs> but that's exactly like, like you're you're getting that message. Basically, you know, yeah. instead of doing the music and stuff, do this. Use those skills to do this. Yeah, and I wanted to. I will. You know, I made the working out about actually being healthy, and yeah. using, like you said, redirecting some of that male energy when we were talking before to uh-huh. into that, so that I don't overload. Because every few days or so, I I would get very frustrated and I'd be like, "Well, why is this happening?" And I realized that's energy mm-hmm. getting it stuck. Is. It's totally. But here's the thing about frustration. I'll tell you something. Like this whole Getty business, when. Uh, I mean, the, the astral projection stuff has been kind of like a part of it for a long time, but for me, not so much. You know, it was always other people doing it. And and I just did what I did without really being conscious of anything. I don't really need to be, I don't need to know anything, you know. Mm-hmm. But for a little while there, we were doing some really active uh, penetrations with some people who were pretty skillful who were capable of doing this stuff like real time. So we were like doing real time exploration and recording it. And we were coming up, the whole idea was to be like all diplomatic, right? And go down and go, hey, you guys, we're going through these doors and, and you know, and we want you to give up and we want you to stop doing these things that you're doing and yada, yada. And we would get this whole, oh, you're nobody, yada, yada. And then we'd go, next step up and hey and it would always be come on give up give up please give up and there'd be the ones who want to fight and 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 most of the people just run away you know but but the thing is it wasn't violent it was all like diplomacy and come on you guys give up give up and the whole time that was going on we had to be like agreeing not to kill anybody you know what i mean like uh it's like when you go to these levels this is what I learned. These structures like the Getty, they don't just operate on the 3D like this level right here. They also operate on these other levels too. Okay? So you got these other entities that are there also on these other levels at the same time, occupying the same space, which means that a door from one place to another can have a lock on it that's going to work on every single level. You know what I mean? So you have to open it. You have to be able to open it from each level to open it, open it something, go from one place to the next. And we kept running into this sort of thing. And uh, if I recall, it was almost like to go from one level to another, you had to like uh, grow a notch. You know, you had to like give up this, give up this, and accept this. And a lot of what it meant was you had to like not be savage. You had to. Uh, not be violent, you know, that kind of a thing, you know. 
give up the, those those feelings. It's like, well, if you want to, if you're going to be all evil and ready to do violence, you know, this door is not going to open, kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so something like that. But uh, but the frustration part happened. I actually got this recorded on one of my shows. I think because we I started getting pissed off about this stuff and get really getting tired of it. And and a lot of people were starting to surround me, skillful um, psychics. And we were all, I know we were all getting this really high level of frustration because there's shit going on in the world. And, and one night it just snapped. And that's when it all started. <laughs> Looks like we have to end it pretty quick here. But uh, but anyway, that's when it got, it got went from the... Uh, the diplomacy to the slaughter, full-on physical violence type thing, mm-hmm. and from my understanding, but hey, you know what? It's there's no emotion. It's not we, we don't we don't hate them. We're we're just removing cancer. We don't hate the cancer. It just needs to be removed. So, yeah, apparently it's having an effect. Yeah. It's taking a while. Uh, it'll take a while longer, but unfortunately. There's a lot of there's there's a lot more people out there than than you would think that believe, and they're waiting for someone to get a a, a clear head start on it. And it's like that's yeah. why I tried, that's why you know I wrestled with it for a while because like I got to get him on the show, and whoever I know that I'm talking about people I know personally that would listen to this, then they'll spread the word. To their friends and, and you know it's got to be like that because yeah well i hope so you know yeah that right video now, that you yeah. watched you know i mean you probably watched one of the ones that was a copy you know there was one it's got like an ant or something zero forty nine productions or something like that he's yeah, got a good it. i don't know how many hits on there eighty thousand forty a bunch of hits but that's not even the original that's a copy there's another there's other copies of that thing out there too. So, so where is the uh, original? The original is well, longer because that one I don't, was like 45 minutes. I know it's like edited. Uh, yeah, that's kind of unfortunate. I don't know if the guys that put up the original one even still have it. Maybe they deleted it or something. But now we're seeing that one. I have the original um, CD, and I just posted on my YouTube. If you want to see the full length, I'll tell you though they cut out a lot of the spiritual stuff. Okay, mm. you know, and I got to be honest with you. Nine years ago, I wasn't completely hundred percent correct on things. I mean, who is? You know, I right. thought I had. It's like for a while there, I thought Donald Trump might be a good guy, but boy, was I wrong. You know, I mean, yeah, me too. we yeah. learn. You know, <laughs> I mean, geez. Anyway, so the same thing goes with the information back then. But one thing hasn't changed is that uh, I'm. You know, I'm. I'll do anything I can to get people to wake up and want to get involved and get angry. And I'll tell you, like, I'll just little words of advice. If you're at a demonstration somewhere out in the boonies, wherever, I don't care, Melbourne or Vienna or wherever, get yourself an Occupy the Gay shirt, you know, like this. <laughs> and, uh, you know, spread that all over the place. If you're, if you're a tagger, tag Occupy the Getty, okay? Right. Hashtag Occupy the Getty. I mean, I got people sending me uh, photographs of tags in like Europe and stuff like that. And it's awesome. I need to see right. more of that, you know? I mean, 
we got to do it. And the, the thing is, is that it's like you said, they're not going to do anything. And all we can do is get, if we can harness some of this energy that, you know, the people are pissed off about COVID and stuff like that. We can convince them if you want the COVID stop, this is how you do it. You know, I'll give you an example. It's like, for instance, if you don't believe that they're spraying this stuff from airplanes, then you're ignorant. Right. You know, I mean, there's because, no reason to do it in the first place. What, what could yeah. you possibly be doing here? Yeah. Uh, that, Most that's I hear step anyone one. saying yeah. is, is it's barium and strontium and aluminum and all kinds of stuff like uh-huh. that. And I said, yeah, that's great, but why, why are they doing it? Uh-huh. Why, <laughs> what do they need what, that for? What do those things do when you put them all together? You know, it's like they all, it all adds up. And yeah. it's so damn obvious in your face, you know, right in your face, literally. And people haven't said anything about it for years because they're just that stupid. And if, and if anybody says anything, oh, chemtrails, they're going to say you're crazy. And now people are dropping dead. And, you know, they don't even need the chemtrails so much because now they got people voluntarily injecting this stuff directly. Right. You know, and, and the thing is, is that, um, you know, I'm uh, obviously a little more educated or got a little few more smarts than a lot of people out there. So I know a little bit about technology and physics and uh, what people call science and, and all I can, I can hang with the, how I had a debate with a uh, chemistry professor from UCLA who ran the department and he was in the, the telegram group and I knew more about what he was doing than he did. And he ran the, de- yeah, it was crazy. And I did that in front of everybody in the telegram group. You know, he was working on some secret project and he didn't know what it was for. And I go, oh, that they're going to do such and such. He goes, oh, really? Oh, wow. I never thought of that. You know, but anyway, the point is, is that uh, like I was trying to say earlier, they're, one of the things they're trying to do is they're trying to stick this Trump guy up there as some sort of uh, savior person because they can't have somebody like me come along and do it. They got, they want to do it. They're going to try to hijack it. Yeah. Now they got grandpa Biden doing it. Like, I don't, Yeah, he's never going to do it. The whole idea of Biden is when he dies, then you get Kamala Harris and then Kamala Harris will bring in Gavin Newsom, you know, governor of California and, and Gavin Newsom is the grandson, adopted son of Gordon Getty. Really? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> uh, Gavin Newsom's dad is Gordon Getty's attorney, his consigliere. He, uh, you know, wow. <laughs> they're in business together. Uh, all these people, Pelosi, um, Kamala Harris, uh, John Kerry, these are all Getty people. Getty owns those people. Mm. So, so yeah, this is, I've been telling, trying to warn people about Gavin Newsom now for a long time, and of course, nobody listens. But yeah, Gavin Newsom's the one they want to be president pretty soon. He's like some royal blood prick, you know? He's like some mm. French royal blood family. They're trying to bring back some royalty crap. And that's why Trump's doing the same thing. He's trying to be a king. He's right. He wants to come back and be a king. So let's talk about um, 
where these kids are going, how they're getting these kids, like your kids are disappearing yeah. in a fucking Walmart. Like, well, how is, how are they doing that? And you don't know, you know, kids disappear at Disneyland. That was yeah. happening from the time I was a kid. My, I remember going to Disney, Disneyland and my parents both held my hand. They're like, nobody's taking you. <laughs> well, it happens really quick. You know, a place like Disneyland, they're going to have back doors and stuff where they can they can poop you through, and you won't even be able to get through the door because they'll lock it behind them. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, like the CIA, they have a vans that drive around that will snatch kids off the street, and you know, schools, shopping centers, you name it, parks, uh, preschools. McMartin Preschool, I don't know if you ever heard about that, but that was the real deal where they were taking the whole class of kids from some little preschool class and shipping them to some satanic compound out in the mountains of uh, San Bernardino Mountains, Crestwell. Let's see, Crestwell, you ever heard of that? A place called Satan's Castle. And that place was connected by underground tunnels to a church. And I'll, I'll tell you, the thing about a place like that, and this is one of the things about Satanists you have to understand, because obviously, as you know, it's all about energy. Mm-hmm. But they would hold their rituals at the Satan's castle, and it was overlooking this bluff high up on a mountain in a place called Devil's Ravine. And underneath Devil's Ravine was Devil's Reservoir. And Devil's Reservoir, of course, fed to the Inland Empire. So very often, whenever I find these satanic places where they do sacrifices and stuff they'll do it up high because the negative chi flows downward like like black goo water and they pollute water supplies with it like uh i found one in encino there's one over on the side of the reservoir in encino that was a uh, place where they did sacrifices run by a a very well-known hollywood guy who got involved in a plot to screw with me and it turned on him. Uh, his name uh, was young Rick guy? Messina. Rick Messina. Okay. He's, uh, he's, yeah, a, he's the guy that was running all the uh, comedy talent. People like uh, Drew Carey and people like that, you know, Gene, whatever, much whoever. That was, I don't know. If, I don't even heard since this event. I haven't heard of him. I don't even know if he's still around. Mm-hmm. But that was connected to Roger Stone. And of course, Roger Stone. Yeah, he went to jail. Oh, yeah. And uh, let me see. Who's the other one? The uh, That idiot, Alex Jones. Okay, Roger Stone and Alex Jones, they're like connected. They're like two peas in the pod. People don't realize talking, it. But talking about InfoWars, Alex Jones? That guy, yeah, Alex Jones. Oh, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're connected. They're like buddies. They're connected. They both... Uh, Roger Stone and Alex Jones are both COINTEL. It's like hardcore COINTEL. And what they do is they together will recruit people to lead phony COINTEL movements. Like they were behind the legalized pot movement. They were behind the Occupy movement. And they tried to hijack the QAnon movement after Mm. I had hijacked it. And they were, so they created the Mayflower movement. I don't know if you remember the Mayflower okay, movement. Yeah. yeah, well, they, this, that was them. That was their, uh, Roger Stone. That was one of his things. Wow. Anyway, they were responsible for hacking Facebook. Uh, there was, remember when Facebook got shut down for like a day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that was because of this. Um, what had happened was Roger Stone put this team together to hack Facebook 
so that they could steal the digital keys that would allow them to uh, open up one of my admin's accounts so that he could kick me out and, and bring some other people in and install them as admins. They wanted to take over the Facebook. I mean, I had like 30,000 uh, followers. And back then I was like the biggest QAnon and I was anti-Trump. And of course right. these guys hated that, you know, because right. they, they had created it and then I went and hijacked it. And of course a lot of people didn't like me for that, you know, Trump people, but at the same time I was, I was a real thorn for them. So, so they, so yeah, they had to hack Facebook and that caused uh it first first it was 900 million but eventually by when it, when it was over it was 1.1 billion people had to uh, got logged out of their facebook and had to log back in and had to like prove who they were do you remember that yeah i also had to do that i also had to prove who i was <laughs> everybody had to do it like yeah. a billion people had to do it yeah well that's why that's why they, that happened and then like 2 days later uh something similar happened on YouTube. I mean, I don't know if you remember that, but like yeah. YouTube was shut down for like six hours or something like that. Everyone's like, what the hell's going on? YouTube shut down. It's like that had not happened before either. That was something, I don't even remember what that was all about, but the Facebook thing, that was a big deal because so many yeah. people got affected. Even Mark Zuckerberg got, got affected by that. Yeah. But yeah, that was, uh, that was Roger Stone and nobody knows that. You know, nobody knows he did that. Wow. That explains a lot. And I mean, Zuckerberg sure did come out with his tail wagging a little bit. Or so it seemed. Yeah. Well, Roger Stone went to jail. Happened, so. Yeah. Shortly after that, he went to jail on some other BS nonsense. But that's how that stuff works, you know? It's so interesting. <laughs> Funny, huh? He's only now yeah. getting out of jail. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Oh, and bef before I do anything else, before I let you go, I got to ask you, what is the story with the dome around the earth? I've got a friend that talks about that, that all the time. Every time I see a rainbow, I start laughing because... <laughs> oh, God. The dome around the earth. Um, well, you know, you could do a whole show just on that. Let me see. Do I have any tea? Oh, I don't have tea. Oh, I got water. Okay, here. Um First of all, there's no dome around the earth. There is a Van Allen belt, which is uh, electromagnetic waves, which all planets or whatever produce. Uh, all right, you know, here's the thing. And, you know, I'll just say this. I'll try to, I'll give you some credentials first because that'll make it a little bit easier. Uh, it'll save me some time when I try to explain this stuff. But my big thing in optics and, and electro optics and all that was flats. Okay, so I know a lot about flats. And, and I know a lot about the shape of the earth and the physics and, and all that because of the uh, geometry and math and, and crap I had to know to make lenses. And, and when you're making flat lenses, you'll know that there's no such thing as flat. There's, there's infinite amounts of convex and infinite amounts of concave, okay? But one of the things that you learn really early in uh, flat making is that 
one particular shape, which is a convex surface that happens to be about one fringe of curvature, that, that is a, a shape that we're very familiar with. Uh, to a flat maker, that's relatively round, okay, because you can see it relatively earlier, easy. A, a fringe, it's a fringe of light. It's a wavelength, a band of light. You can see it when you're, when you're testing it to see it by either using a laser or some light source with a test uh, uh, piece. And uh, the thing is, is that curvature being relatively easy to see and relatively uh, universal. It's so universal that it also matches the Great Pyramid of Giza. In other words, if you if you were to use very sophisticated measuring devices to measure things like the radius of the base of the Great Pyramid of Giza and, and its... Uh, the, the square versus the round, all this, you'll, you'll find that the curvature is also exactly one fringe. Now, now, first of all, it takes a pretty damn sophisticated society to be able to do that, to be able to see that. And you'll, you'll see it also in the, uh, the, the, the stones inside of the pyramids, like the great pieces of uh, granite, they'll be polished to within a fringe. Now, you think, okay, well, what's the significance of that? That's, that's the exact curvature of the fucking earth, okay? It's a fringe. And, and the reason why they could do these measurements is because they were using the earth as the reference. You see, whenever you're building something, the technology the level of your technology and the level of complexity of that thing that you could ever achieve the skill to be able to build is going to be limited to your ability to measure. And during that time of the earth, the only thing they had to use as a reference or a yardstick was the actual earth itself. Okay. Okay. So in other words, Mathematically speaking, you just when you understand physics and advanced astrophysics and things like this, astrophysics especially, you can't not know this stuff when you do astrophysics, but, but when you get even basic physics, you'll get to this pretty quick. Because like, for instance, uh, the lenses I was making were so flat that if you were to take a lens that was, say, this you know big, and you were to make it a thousand miles long, let's say you stretched it out a thousand miles long, there would be no peaks or valleys on that thing bigger than this much. Now, now obviously, you look at the surface of the Earth, we have peaks and valleys that are pretty damn big, and the Earth is much bigger than a thousand miles. It's many, many thousand miles. So that right there shows you that it's what we call irregular. Okay, so when you have a shape, a shape of anything is measured in its spherical, how spherical it is, either either uh, convex or concave. It's either, it's either one or the other. There's no flat. It's either convex or it's sort of concave. Mm -hmm. Okay, the Earth happens to be convex. We can measure it. We, we can measure it, the convexness. But you can't see that. 
Now, now the irregularity, that's like a whole nother measurement. So in other words, if you were to look at the earth, it's, it's relatively spherical. It's spherical within one fringe. So if it was completely a one fringe ball, completely spherical, just a pure one fringe all around with no uh, mountains or anything, but just a pure ball, it would be one fringe. It'd be really, you know, and if there's no vibration, you could measure it really super easy. The reason why the Egyptians could measure it super easy was because they built the pyramids just to do that. Because all the mass of all those stones made it very, very stable. And it was that stability and lack of vibrations that allowed them to actually measure those tiny, tiny increments. Because when you're using like lasers, for instance, or you're trying to make a hologram or you're doing microscopic measurements, you've got to have an absolutely stable platform to do this. And even today, how do we do that? Big old giant slabs of granite. Now there's even more advanced technology. They use honeycomb tables to replace the granite, but for forever it was all, it was granite. So so in other words, scientists have used granite to have stable measuring surfaces for millennia, and the pyramid was one big giant stable measuring surface which allowed them to achieve measurement capability down to one fringe of light, which was the maximum that they could do based on the curvature of the earth. They couldn't go beyond that. Now to go beyond the, the curvature of the earth, you would have to use a laser, some sort of mono, monochromatic light source, which they didn't have. They had the sun, you know, and they had, they might've had some lights that they made with their Babylon batteries and all that stuff. You've seen those hieroglyphics when they had light bulbs and stuff. But when you're getting down into measuring by wavelengths, by light, which is what you'd have to do if you want to look at the curvature of the Earth, <clears throat> you have to have these certain uh, things at your disposal. So, for instance, if water, if you had a big body of water, let's say you had a pyramid. You were in the middle of a pyramid. You had a big uh, dish, and you filled that up with water, and there was absolutely no vibrations, no air movement, nothing and you had say like a laser interferometer system set up somehow and perhaps the Egyptians were able to use interferometer laser technology, you could measure the surface of that water and it would be exactly one fringe of positive curvature. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, and then, so, so, so there's your reference right there, see? Then you would use that as a reference to something else. So, so yeah, so their technology was based on it. Our semiconductor technology that we, we use today uses the same technology, only it's better. So, in other words, and this is where I came in. This is what I did. I, I took those that tolerance, that the one fringe, and I my job was to make it... Uh, Okay, it's like a half, a half of a fringe is a wave. A fraction of a wave is how we measure flatness or, or a deviation from, from true curvature. So my typical really, really good part was one twentieth of a wave. Okay, that's just like uber fucking flat. Okay, that's, so in other words, a twentieth of a wave is like, uh, 400 times flatter than the surface of the earth, basically, something like that, you know. And that's the kind of 
flatness that we had to achieve in order to make computer chips. But we couldn't do that until we had a laser. And we couldn't make the lasers until we could make the lenses. Right. Okay. So you see where all this is coming from? So it's like originally the lenses could only be made so good. One fringe. Why? Because that's the curvature of the earth. You know, and then and then we came up, and after World War II, we came up with different light sources, and suddenly we're using uh, monochromatic light sources that have relatively short wavelengths, and now we can measure smaller and smaller and smaller, and then and then micro we're using uh, uh, red lasers, and then and then ultraviolet lasers. Hell, the Japanese started using ultraviolet, and that's how they got their foothold in the computer industry. It's just, you know, shit like that. But, you know, people don't know this crap. And this is why the government can get away with so much. Because people don't know any of this crap. Right. You know, it's, it's like they'll tell you something which is absolute BS, you know, like from a physics or scientific stand. It's just like the, the vaccine, you know, same thing. It's not a vaccine. They're going to lie to you. And if you right. say something that's actually true... They're going to call you medical misinformation. Yeah, and it's so, that that particularly is so ignorant. Yeah, you got to be careful with disinformation because just about everything is disinformation these days. And well, it is. It is. I, what happens well, you, to me You don't have to worry I, about that. Is I, I listen to my self-knowledge. I listen to the moments exactly. of stillness where I say, this isn't right. And uh-huh. usually what happens, I, don't, I can't speak for anybody else, but usually what happens is things will show up to prove or disprove it. Well, it's got to come from you. If if it's not coming from you, where's it coming from? It's coming from somebody else. You know, you don't want to be spouting, parroting something that someone else says. Precisely. You know? So, right? uh, With the vaccine, it's been on YouTube for over 15 years, the technology that they're using. You can go look. (laughs) It's been right in front of your face. 2020. The Nobel Prize in chemistry <clears throat> went to two women for developing CRISPR technology and using CRISPR technology to do gene editing or DNA editing. Mm-hmm. And it's that technology that's being used. And so when they try to tell you this is a vaccine, no, it's gene editing. It's self-replicating nanobots that actually go into your cell and cut your DNA and add in a splice of, of segment of DNA that was is not God-given. It did not come from you. It has no business being there. Yeah. You're playing God. And then, and then what happens? Your cell reproduces this DNA and it gets spread to the other cells via right. these self-replicating nanobots. And no one wants to believe that these nanobots are true. They have no clue that this stuff is even possible. But yeah, it is. Yeah, and they, they just released this week uh this supposed new technology that comes from some frog that's supposed to be the same thing and people are just eating that up like (laughs) (laughs) well hey you know geez well you know like i said earlier we have we have our own natural immune systems and they're trying to play monkey with your immune systems and and the first thing you got to remember is that this thing that got into your body in the first place was something that they made and the technology that they're they're using to get rid of it is the same technology that they used to put it in you in the first place. Mm-hmm. So you, you got to fight it. You got to take your lysine. You got to keep your immunity strong. And and I'll tell you the best way to combat this of all, of course, number one, 
I should focus on this actually is is the whole service to others business, okay? Because technically, that is an energetic thing, okay? So when you when you become uh, over fifty percent, over fifty one percent service to others versus service to self, you actually energetically change. You're actually giving and putting energy out as opposed to taking energy in. So you'll have a little more protection and ability to combat this stuff because mm-hmm. if anything. The, the fact that these things require energy coming in to feed them, you know, via the RFID function, you need to be able to put out a field that's going to prevent these things from getting the energy they need. So in other words, a lot of times think of it as the energy is carrying information. The information has to get to the receiver. You need to block that information from getting there. And, and that's where your own field, your own energy comes in. And that's the best protection against any of this stuff, just to even to be healthy at all, is to be giving more than you take. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really true. It's you you want to have a strong aura. You want to have a strong field. You want to be pushing energy outward. You don't want to be sucking in. You don't want to be a taker. You want to be a giver. So it's, it's gravity, right? You want to be a gravity giver so that... That energy, that that force around you, you need to be pushing outward, not sucking in. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really what it's all about. Yeah, I agree with you there. Well, let's let's end it since we go on. Let's see. Ooh, look at this. Two hours and thirteen minutes. Woo-hoo-hoo. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's gonna listen this long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say we better wrap it up because you gotta go get some tea and stuff and get on with your. Oh ideas. yeah, I got people probably wanting to make noise and stuff. They're like, "Are you done yet?" So I better get over with it. Anyway, okay, final words. Uh, no, just that I appreciate you coming on and uh, come back on and talk with me again soon. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it again. Hopefully, you'll get some viewers. Stick it out there on YouTube. Do what you can, and uh, you know who knows. Uh, send them. I'll just say this: um, If you listen this far, cool. And if you want to say, like, get my book, send me an email at law17gun at aol.com, law17gun at aol.com. Uh, what else? Oh yeah, join my Telegram group. He'll tell you how to get there. <laughs> what else? Um, yeah, that's that's really where it's all about. I mean, seriously, join the movement. If you want to know, know more about this whole Jedi business that we touched on briefly, send me an email. And uh, because we're always recruiting, certainly. If you have psychic skills and you think I've always been battling these guys, you know, yeah, I want you doing that with me. So, for sure. Yeah, email all that stuff over to me. I'm interested. As I haven't uh, yeah. read the full book, I've only listened to Whoa. Lasers, Caves, and uh, that's the same thing. Oh, okay. that's on YouTube. Yeah. Well, there's more than an hour. There's like, uh, really? I think it's like three and a half hours. The video. I mean, I'm pretty sure the whole book is like on a one, three and a half hour thing on YouTube out there. You can find it. But anyway, yeah, if you want the PDF, um, yeah, send me, a, send me an email. If you want to know more about the Jedi, Jedi stuff, send me an email. And, and you're already on um, Telegram group. Uh, Occupy the Getty slash Stephen D. Kelly Telegram group, so so you can you know you can talk to me whenever you want. Yeah. I'm generally there, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thanks cool. a bunch. Have a good night. Catch you later. All right, you too. Let me figure out how to get out of here. Let me see. Leave. Okay. All right. Adios. All right, peace. Man. Peace.
This has been another episode of the Boundless Authenticity Podcast. Stay updated by clicking the subscribe button and follow on Instagram at Jahan Sator, J-E-H-A-N-S-A-T-T-A-U-R. As always, love and blessings, and thanks for listening.